The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Now, how many of you are out there trying to work with multiple generations of employees within your companies? And how's that going? Is everyone getting along? You all understanding what you can learn from each other? There's been no other time in history where we've had so many generations of workers active in the workforce. And that brings challenges, but it also brings opportunities. And our guest today, Cheryl Cran, the CEO of Evolutionary Business Solutions, teaches how to leverage the talents, skills, and experiences of all those generations working together to move companies forward. Cheryl is the author of four books, including the best-selling 101 Ways to Make Generations X, Y, and Zoomers Happy at Work. She also has an ebook called Leadership Mastery in a Digital Age, and her articles have been featured in a variety of national business magazines. And as I said, Cheryl's here today to talk with us about what leaders can do to engage, motivate, and lead the multiple generations that we find ourselves with in the workplace today. Welcome to the show today, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so it's a given. We all are working together, uh, all different kinds of age groups. So can you give us, just to sort of set the stage for the conversation today, can you give us a rundown of the various generational demographics that are at work today and the, how that's impacting business? Sure. There's four generations, but we really uh, focus on the three, which are really prevalent in the workplace right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is traditionalists. They're usually in their late 60s and older. Uh, they're post-war, uh, very uh, thrifty, very uh, focused on structure, focused on um, being reliable, focused on tasks that are very regimented and scheduled. So that's their reality in the workplace. Then there's the baby boomers who are products of the traditionalists. And the baby boomers are in their uh, early 50s up until their late 60s. And the baby boomers were told by their traditional parents, do exactly what we did. Be frugal, get a job, stay there for life, and your life will be good, and then you can retire. Right. And then we know that many baby boomers, that's not been the reality with the changing world. So the baby boomers then had the Generation X, which are in their uh, 30s up until their early 50s. And Generation X are what I call the rule breakers, which we'll talk about more as we progress. And then Generation Y is those in their 20s up until their early 30s. And then there is a fifth generation, which are the children that are younger than Generation Y, and they're known as either the Millennials or Generation Z, although sometimes Generation Y is also called Millennials. So there's a little bit of a crossover there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the three generations that are prevalent in the workplace right now are the baby boomers, the Zoomers. I call them Zoomers, baby boomers who refuse to age. Um, <laughs> so the Zoomers, the Gen X and the Gen Ys. And frankly, you know, my work in the last, well, I've been a leadership expert for 20 years, but in the last six years, really focusing on helping organizations lead change and specifically how leading change impacts working with multi-generational teams. 
Right. And, you know, one of the things that you said right off when you were describing the first group, and it's the, it's the late 60s, uh, you know, it was common for a while for people to retire in their early to mid-60s, and people are working longer and longer, and that is obviously having an impact on the workforce. And I would imagine, because a lot of it's due to the technology, not just the different values that the people have, but the way some of the, the generations can embrace the technology and maybe others are reluctant to. Yeah, in fact, um, I'm often asked by audience members, you know, wasn't there always a generational gap? You know, wasn't there always this challenge? Mm -hmm. And my answer back to that is the major difference in the last decade is technology. And what technology has done is it has created a skills, um, an evident skills gap and an evident level of adaptation that is creating either synergy for those that can adapt easily or it's creating conflict for those who are reluctant to adapt. True. Yeah, and and it's changing constantly. It's not like you can learn it, you know, oh, I know technology now. It's something that it, it is a continuous learning process. Every month there's something new that's changed that you have to get your arms around. So let's go back to each of the generations that you described and let's talk about their values and maybe come cut through some of the stereotypes that we might have in mind for them? Yeah, and, and you know, when I talk about the generations, it's not about ageism. It's not about, um, you know, identifying people based on their age. It's, it's about demographic research that says groups of people who have grown up in decades and eras have certain values and alignments to the way things should be done from their viewpoint. Right. So you could be a Gen Y and behave more like a Zoomer. You could be a Zoomer and behave more like a Gen Y. So it's it's really not about ageism, but it is important for us to understand that there are values based on the groupings of those age groups. Um, so with the, the traditionalists, as I said, they, you know, they're, they were post-war. It was about um, you know being stable and and fiscally responsible and all of those things, being loyal to your marriage, even if you were unhappy. You know, that, that was really part of their values. And then with the baby boomers, the baby boomers were raised that you have to work hard, you have to put in the time. And many Zoomers have done that and at the same time struggled with being perhaps bored in their job or staying somewhere in a workplace where they weren't really even happy, but they were told by their parents that that was the definition of success. This is the generation that came after the, the, people who stayed and got the gold watch and retired with the grandfather's clock or whatever. And you just, you got a job and you kept it your whole life. Yeah. And so for many Zoomers, that's what they thought they would be doing. Yes. Um, And then the world changed. Technology, you know, became very prevalent. And what happened is Generation X became very innate at the technology because Generation X was on the first wave or that first cusp of technological innovation. So their level of adaptation was, well, this is what I need to do the job, so I will go with it. Mm-hmm. Where with many Zoomers, it's been like, don't, please don't ask me to learn another new technology. You know, I've already learned the latest one. So, you know, when I present this to groups, I often say to Zoomers, look, I'm not picking on you, but what you have to realize is nothing is ever going to be the same again. And your level of ability to adapt and change is going to determine the level of your ability to get along with the generation. Right. Right. And well, and even more so coming out of the recession, 
um, a lot of the jobs just aren't there anymore that some of these people were trained for. And we have the structural unemployment situation uh, because of that that uh, lack of skills, the new types of skills that are needed. So, Absolutely. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about the traditionalists, we've talked about the Zoomers, the Generation X, and what are some what are some of the value systems of the Generation Y? <laughs> well, well, that's where Big everybody there. <laughs> yeah, that's where everybody starts to get the eye twitch and the nervous tick because it's like the the the, the understanding of the values of this generation. Some people get it, others struggle with it, and in fact. I just presented two days ago in Saskatchewan, and I had a woman very angrily put up her hand and say, I don't want to have to adapt to Gen Ys. They have to adapt to us. Mm. And I said to her in front of 300 people, yeah, and how's that going for you? Because <laughs> right. that is not what's happening. And Gen Y, here's the deal. They are the, they're, they're the product of both Zoomer and Gen X parents. I don't know about you, Kelly, or, or you know, I, I have... Uh, Three children, one with my husband, her, her, a daughter who's 25. I have two stepsons, 34 and 32. Today, I would say for Generation X and Y, we don't parent these people. We negotiate with them. It, it's a very different dynamic. Generation Y has grown up with technology in their cribs, you know, yes. frankly. They, they, they've only known that technology, gaming, uh, you know, when my daughter was 10 and I walked into the family room and she was playing Nintendo Wii and I said what are you doing she was looking all happy and she was dancing around the room she goes I'm playing Nintendo Wii with Hiroshito from Japan <laughs> and I'm like what you know so so I mean this is a generation who their values are life is first work is second I am not going to be loyal to a job if it's boring or if the leader doesn't value me I'm not going to stay on the job for more than three years because I want to keep learning and growing. Generation Y is going to have 20 careers in their lifetime. Generation Y does not view an employer as somebody they have to respect just because they've given them a job. They right. view them as an entity that is there for them to work together and there's mutual benefit. So everything's been flipped upside down. Generation Y says, if I'm five minutes late, what's the big deal? I'm here. You know? Right. Right. So this is where Zoomers and, and some Gen X get really, this is where it gets difficult. Sure. And, you know, they're, they're talking about uh, a group of people who, they, they work in groups. Even as, as kids and teenagers, they all went out on dates in groups. They uh, communicate in groups now with, the, with all of the social technology that we have. And so... It's not really all that uh, much of a stretch to expect that when they get to work that they expect it to be a collaborative experience. Yes, and yes. remember, Zoomers were about um, all each, each man or woman for themselves. It really was about individual yes. identity. Uh, many Zoomers, in my opinion, struggle with they've made their work their identity, which is why a lot of Zoomers are having crisis right now. <laughs> uh, they've tired. Yeah. Versus a Gen Y who says, my work is not my identity. I have a life that involves my family, my friends. Work is part of my life, but it doesn't identify who I am, and it certainly doesn't identify my value. That's, that's how a Gen Y looks at it. So the Gen Y is looking for a workplace that is collaborative. Uh, research shows that the future uh, age of an executive in the next five years will be average 35 years of age. Um, and it also, research also shows that most Gen Ys would like to share a position of power. 
So we're going to start seeing co-CEOs and co-COOs. We're going to see job sharing at the executive level once these Gen Ys start to get into those positions mm-hmm. because that way they can actually work in a team and they can have the life while still doing a very effective job for the organization. Yes. So let's talk about that clash, the the fact that uh, the Gen Xs were taught to be more independent, and then you have the Gen Ys following them, and they're collaborative. And let's not, I mean, don't even go there with the traditionalists who are still in the workforce because you had to earn your way, yeah. and much less the first day on the job in a meeting, you're speaking up and telling people how it should be done, you know, which is exactly. one of the complaints that you hear sometimes. But but how? What, what are some of the ways? I know we don't have time to go into all of this today, but highlights. What are some quick strategies that you can give our listeners today for how to get these groups to play on their strengths and work together? Yeah. Well, first of all, you have to name the dragon in the room. You know, um, I find many organizations haven't even addressed the reality that there is generational um, conflicts happening. So, you know, the very first thing anybody listening to this message is have a meeting with your team and identify the generational differences. Have a, have a very open discussion about them and talk about what you appreciate about each of the generations. So what, you know, what I appreciate about traditionalists is the structure that they laid out because organizations today wouldn't even be where they were without that right. original structure. Right. Um, I value the, the baby boomers work ethic. Uh, many baby boomers will put in as many hours as are needed to get something pulled off and done. Frankly, however, there's a dark side to that because it's to their detriment, in my opinion. You know, Um, in fact, what's happened is Zoomers have set up a very high standard for Gen X, who says, "Look, family balance is really important to me." Um, Gen X, what I appreciate is their ability to say, "Family balance is important to me," and because of technology, Gen X says, "Look, you can text me, you can email me, you can Skype me, you can access me, but I'm not going to be at the office till 10 o'clock at night to prove that I'm working hard." Mm -hmm. You know. uh, Gen Y, what they can do is learn. You know, I often counsel Gen Ys and say, you know, you really need to understand the context of where your Zoomer and Gen X coworkers are coming from. These are people who've spent 10, 20 years on the job. Could you imagine putting yourself in their position? Mm-hmm. And every Gen Y I talk to goes, are you kidding me? I can't imagine myself here past three years. Right. You know? So, yeah. so what I say to a Gen Y is, you know, learn to have some, some compassion Gen Ys feel that respect is mutual, not just because somebody's older than them. So, uh, you know, what I help Gen Ys understand is that there's lots to learn from a Gen X and a Zoomer who's put in the time. Right. And if, if that Gen Y could befriend that Zoomer or Gen X, then they will go very far. Listening uh, to you speak, it, it strikes me. Do you see within any one of those groups that one or the other is more open to understanding the other or that there's more resistance among one group. I'm just thinking that maybe some of the business owners and leaders that are listening today, uh, if if they know, and again, this isn't about ageism, this isn't, but it's just stuff that you've seen over time and, and maybe because of the way that they were brought up into the workforce that maybe one group has more resistance to to working together than, than the other and that there could be more focus on that from the manager's standpoint leader standpoint yeah you know I'm I always take the positive route um, I always assume that people inherently want to do good and be good mm-hmm. um, and so you know I, I hesitate to identify a generation and say you know this generation is resistant however 
I would say that the most flexible generation, the generation who's learned to really juggle and manage the generational reality is Generation X. They're the straddlers. They're the smallest demographic of all of those generations. And so they've had to really fight for their place, but also help mediate between the Zoomer and the Gen Y. Right. And, and I do feel the Gen X, you know, I'm a Gen X cusper. I'm, I'm just turned 50 this year. Uh-huh. And so I am in a great example. I was born in 1963. I am a great example of that bridge generation between the Zoomer. I completely get the Zoomer reality. I grew up on a farm where we had party lines. You know, so I, I totally get that whole reality and mindset. But then I also, because I've been very technologically adept since technology's come, and I'm more of a Gen Y slash X than I am a Zoomer, mm-hmm. I completely understand the motivation and the desire for Gen X and Y to get forward fast. And so what I say to Zoomers is, please, you know, get past the resentment that you had to put in so much time. And focus on developing and helping and elevating these Gen X and Y because a great leader, that's what they do anyway, regardless of their age. A yes. great, a great leader builds people, supports people, helps people. If we all focus on that and we focus on teamwork and we focus on the strengths that each of us bring, then it becomes less about generations and more about valuing each of our approaches and contributions. Right, and working towards a common vision for the company, moving it forward. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. When we get back, we're going to hear more from our guest today, Cheryl Cran, on multi-generations in the workforce. Stay with us. Do you practice entrepreneurship? Intrapreneurship? Do you know how to show what you know? Benedictine College Executive MBA program has been the launching pad for many successful, innovative products, services, and ventures. As the only one-year executive MBA program in Kansas City, our conveniently located North Johnson County campus and weekend class times will fit your busy schedule. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA to learn more about our program. Would the real Obamacare please stand up? The No Politics Spend Free Zone for Healthcare and the Affordable Care Act. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, and I'm joined every week by your federally certified Affordable Care Act specialist, Mr. Greg Howard. That's a mouthful. You said it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what we really do. What we really do is help people understand how the Affordable Care Act impacts them, their family, their business. We make it simple so that people can go on with their lives. Couldn't have said it better myself, and you'll find it every Friday at 1 p.m. on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. That's Would the Real Obamacare Please Stand Up, Fridays at 1. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here today with Cheryl Cram. She is an expert on the different generations in the workplace. And at no other time in history have we had... Five. And Cheryl, I believe you were saying earlier that there's primarily three, but you know, in some workplaces there are as many as five. And you were going through some of the different characteristics and value systems of some of these different generations. And one of the things that we talked about during the break was how big of a span that boomer generation is to where you get uh, people on each end of it that really aren't alike at all. And so I know there's some research that addresses uh, almost uh, subgroups within the boomer generation. Can you talk to us for just a minute about that? Yes, yeah, there is research that that says there are distinct values differences between 
um, early boomers and late boomers. So early boomers meaning those that are older. They were born in, in the, uh, the early phase. And then the late boomers, you know, born in the, in the later phase. So, um, like I would say a late boomer would be considered somebody born in their, in the 1950s. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that forward to 1965 or whatever the cutoff is. So, yeah, there's research that shows that 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 early boomer, the older boomer, is more aligned to traditional values. And then the later boomer, the younger boomers, are more aligned to the Gen X values. OK. And that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's talk about something that you brought up before break. You were mentioning uh the the loyalty to the to the employer to the company whether you were having a good experience there or not that some of the older generations uh, practiced and you talk to some of the younger people and they can't imagine being there for a, mu- a lifetime much less three years so how do how do you retain some of these younger people that you have spent as a manager, as a business owner, um, as a leader, how how do you retain some of these people that you have invested time, money, training into, and that you feel like they're they're really at a point where they can make some of their biggest contributions and now they're ready to leave? Mm -hmm. I I really think it's, it's a matter of us changing that question from how do we retain to what kind of organization do we need to be in order to keep Generation Y employees happy? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that question will give you the answers versus how do we retain. Because asking yourself how do we retain is operating under the assumption that we're going to treat them the way we've treated Boomer and Gen X employees. And I'm giving myself up as a as a late, as an early late Boomer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, it, but there's no. It's not about. It's not about you know wrong or right here. It's simply that the question needs to change because when we look at an organization that's attractive to Generation Y, it's an organization where um, the focus isn't on retention. The focus is on contribution while they're there, and the focus is on performance while they're there. And the business owner starts to look at what kind of organization do I need to have and what processes do I need to have in place so that I have a continued revolving door of talented people working for me. Uh, and that's a very different mindset. That's where, you know, when we started this interview and we talk about changing mindsets, yes. it's a very different mindset than I'm running a business and I need you to stay with me. I need a five-year commitment from you. I can tell you with the business owners I coach and work with and the CEOs of, of many, a large organizations, that approach isn't working. Mm-hmm. It, it's not working. You ha- we have to change it to how do I create an environment where, yes, I'm investing money in training, and I realize there's still, I could be the best leader possible, they're still possibly going to leave me. So then how do I access their network to find people just like them? How do I continue to, to be an organization where, where the, the, the buzz is that I'm an organization people want to work for? Yes, and, and so you're, it's, your, it's the emphasis on the culture that you're creating. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you talk about that I find interesting is reverse mentoring. What do you mean by that? And what could I, our listeners learn from that? Reverse mentoring actually has been done in, in progressive organizations like Facebook and Google and, you know, mostly technology firms, of course. Um, but also, I believe Starbucks does this as well. But reverse mentoring is rather than reversing coming from the top down, it's coming from the bottom up, and by bottom I mean younger employees upwards to the older employees. So reverse mentoring is programs where there might be new net, new technology that's been introduced into the organization, and they have the Gen Ys as the um, advocates and the trainers and the teachers of how to use that technology. 
Um, one thing that I've found with technology is that uh, what what happens is Generation X and Y are able to learn technology by going online and figuring it out. And again, yes. that's because they've had access. Zoomers, research has shown, is they best learn technology when they're shown how to apply it. So okay. if you if you sit down with a Zoomer and say, hey, there's this new you know iPhone five and here's the newfangled you know features, go look online to figure out what they are. The Zoomer says, no, no, that's too complicated. But if you sit down <laughs> with them and say, here's how it helps you. They immediately get it. They immediately are able to integrate it, and they're off and running. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I when I work with my organizations, I always say to them, stop trying to teach a Zoomer new technology by getting them to learn it through the technology. Okay, so so you show you relate it to the task that they're doing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, re- relate okay. it to the task or the goal. So, okay. you know, for a Zoomer, it's like I want to get my I want to get my spreadsheet done faster. The Gen Y says to do these two things and shows them. And they can do it faster. That's the meaning for a Zoomer. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, talk to us a little bit more about technology and how it is shaping the workforce. Uh, it's obviously you can be more remote now, and how, how is that? And then bringing the, the generations into it, uh, the fact that people can be more remote. Do you think that we're going to be seeing? Uh, some of the some of the way the offices are changing. Uh, do you think that we're going to see the fact that more of the co um, the the what do you call those the, the co sharing spaces where people can just come into a little cube that's not necessarily theirs even, and as as uh, more of the younger people uh, become part of the workforce, that that the office itself changes. Do you think that's going to happen? Yeah, I write about this in the in the ebook Leadership Mastery in the Digital Age. <laughs> The future workplace is going to be an optional workplace. It's going to be a workplace where those who are better suited to being in an office will go there. And those who can high perform remotely will work remotely. And it will be just like, you know, we've done personality assessments for years on aligning personality with a job description. What we're going to be seeing in the future is aligning personality and work style with where they work. And it's going to be, because Gen Y already are wanting to work for organizations that give them flex time, right. flexible, flexible workspace. Um, you know, many of the firms that I've worked with, I have a consulting firm that I've consulted with where they've got shared, <clears throat> excuse me, shared uh, consulting cubicles. So six or seven people can reserve that space if they want to use it for a number of hours at a time. Uh, self-scheduling in the office space. And we're also going to see, this is to the benefit of the Zoomers, because many Zoomers are so used to coming into an office, say, from 9 to 5, for example. Yes. And both Generation X and Y are saying, no, I work better if I can come in at noon and work from home from 9 till noon, or if I can work from home for the entire day and get my project done and then show up for two days of the week. So we're going to see massive self-scheduling, and technology is helping this happen. And and also, you know, the use of Skype and GoToMeeting and Google Hangouts and all of the technology that allows us to have meetings without right. having to be face-to-face, human-to-human. So there's a lot of technological solutions that are definitely changing the way we're working and how we're going to work in the future. Definitely there are. Any last comments, closing thoughts, uh, if you wanted to leave our listeners with anything on this topic? Yeah, I think what I'd like to do is final, you know, is many people who hear this get very stressed about what it means for their business. 
Yes. And, and, you know, what I would say is, you know, simply be open to the realities of what these generational realities are changing and then be willing to reorganize the way you do business based on these realities. Because I believe the relevance of all of us, myself included, I'm self-employed and have been for 20 years, the reality of us staying in business is our level of, that, of adaptation to the technological, geographical, and generational realities that we can't avoid. It, it, the change is happening. We must be leaders of the change rather than be reactive to the change. Absolutely. Uh, very well said. Cheryl, thank you so much for your time today. And if somebody wants to get your book, how would they get a copy? Uh, they can go to my website, CherylCran.com, but the ebooks, uh, both the Generations ebook and the Leadership Master ebooks, are available wherever ebooks are sold Amazon, okay. iTunes, any of those ebook providers. Okay, so make sure you get your copy, and Cheryl goes into much greater detail than what we were able to cover today. Thank you so much again, and uh, if you'd like to learn how to grow your business, you can visit us at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.